Okay. It's a real joy to be working with the elders, uh, with their differing areas that they're looking at. Great to hear uh, what David and Barry uh, are working on as part of a team. And it's a privilege to do that. And uh, as Barry's already uh, prayed, we'll press on as we uh, open our Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. And you'll find uh, it on page 1183. And so you've become a Christian. Maybe somebody has been reading through John's Gospel with you, but using the word one-to-one, or maybe you did the... Christianity Explored course that took you through Mark's gospel, or maybe someone just simply shared the gospel with you and uh, led you to pray to the Lord Jesus. And so you became a Christian. What's next? What does it mean to live the Christian life? It's a basic question, isn't it? A foundational question that we all need to be crystal clear about. What is the rest of my life supposed to look like as a Christian for whatever years are remaining uh, of my life? Well, this is what we have articulated for us in Colossians chapter 2 and verses 6 and 7. This morning we're going to examine these verses that most people consider to be the summary of the whole letter uh, that Paul wrote to this church in Colossae. Everything Paul has written up to this point has been a kind of a long introduction. And now we're getting into the main body of the letter. This is what the apostle has been building up to say. And in the rest of the letter, he's going to be explaining uh, what is summarized here. And the focus is all on the Christian life. So let's read these verses. So then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I'd originally intended to preach all the way down to verse 15. But as I was helped to see uh, the richness of what is here, as I read John Woodhouse's commentary, I thought we should really slow down. And somehow we're going to have to pack those other verses in elsewhere. In this one sentence, Paul manages to give three perspectives on the Christian life. Each one showing its link to the start of the Christian life and how it goes on in the Christian life. There are three phrases that speak of, this, uh, of the start of the Christian life. It says there, you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, as Lord. You are rooted in him and you were taught. That's the start of the Christian life. And then there's this threefold portrayal of the ongoing life of the Christian. It's described as live in him, built up in him. And strengthened in the faith. A man who's greatly helped me in my Christian life is a guy called Dick Lucas, who uh, used to preach at St. Helens Bishop's Gate. And he summarized these three dimensions of the Christian life in this way Christian living, Christian growing, and Christian understanding. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. But I want you to notice with me the start, it starts with so then. 
Or it could be translated, therefore. And that tells you that it links everything that's, that's happened in the letter up to now to what is being said. Do you remember this letter so far? Let me just briefly recap. In chapter 1, verses 3 to 8, it starts with his great thanksgiving to God. We always thank God the Father, he says. He's thanking God because of the awesome things that God has done in Colossae. And he's done it through the gospel message about Jesus Christ. Lives have been changed by this gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and now there are people in Colossae who have faith in Christ Jesus, who have love for the saints and have hope for heaven. And then in verses uh, 9 to uh, 14, he goes on to tell them what he prays for them. That he hasn't stopped asking God to, to fill them with the knowledge of God's big plan in the world. So that they would be living a life that's worthy of the Lord. And keep being fruitful and, and keep to be a, uh, being a growing people. And that they would be a people who grow in, in thankfulness to God who rescued them out of darkness and brought them into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, to, into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. And then in verses 15 to 23, we have this amazing section where he reminds them that everything they've experienced in the lives of people is because of Jesus Christ, because of who he is. It's because they're rooted in Christ that all this has happened. And he fills out some amazing theology about Jesus, that he is the, uh, he is the image of the invisible God, verse 15. He's the ruler over all creation. He's the one in whom the whole of creation is, is held together, even now. That he's the ruler of the church. The one through whom uh, the whole creation will be reconciled because of his death on the cross, as we were singing about earlier in our service. His death upon the cross has made peace has made reconciliation possible. And if they keep trusting Jesus, then one day they will be presented uh, on the judgment day as holy, blameless, and without any, free from any accusation against them. And then in chapter 1, verses 24 down to 2, verse 5, which Liam preached on last week, he tells them the surprising way that God is, is bringing about this work of reconciliation in the world. That he's using servants like Paul who keep up the hard work of preaching Jesus Christ so that everyone will hear it and so that everyone can mature in Christ. So then, therefore, in the light of all of that, we have the main application here and it is about living the Christian life. To live as a consequence of these truths that we've looked at. And uh, as I've just reminded myself that Paul talks about the, uh, the hard work of proclaiming Christ, I think I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would now uh, strengthen the preacher to preach your gospel, to speak of Christ truly and faithfully that my words would be your words. And would you strengthen those who listen? And would you open our hearts that each of us would um, receive Christ Jesus as Lord and live in him? In Christ's name, amen. So three perspectives on the Christian life from these two verses. First of all, Christian living. 
Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. There is a way of living that flows out of being a Christian. There is such a thing as a Christian life. Now any good commentary will um, let you know that the word translated live here has underneath it the idea of, of walking. As you walk about this city this week, as you walk out of your house and walk onto the bus, uh, uh, and, 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 and the way you, 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 you conduct yourself on the bus, the way that you walk down the street, the way that you relate to people in your workplace as you walk around your office or the hospital or the, the school or wh- whatever it is you do, whether you're, you're cleaning the streets or whatever your job is, as you walk about this, that, that, that way of living, there is a Christian way of doing that. And, and it is about our conduct uh, and, and our life and conduct matters to God. And, and the way that we are to live out our life is directly connected to the way that we started the Christian life. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. See, there's two parts here. There's the receiving and the continuing. So let's think about the, the, the start, the receiving. If you've been a Christian for a while, you may have heard... Uh, people talking about praying to receive Christ in their lives. Now, uh, that's a helpful image, but there's actually much more going on in that phrase than that. Uh, And again, a good Bible commentary or a study Bible will let you know that when it talks of this receiving, it has quite a formal sense to it of, of actually receiving traditional teachings about Jesus Christ. What he did, what he taught. There were central gospel teachings that were passed on from person to person, from one generation to the next generation. And it's more than inviting Jesus into your heart. It is receiving the message about him and believing it. See, the Christian life is not about some sort of mystical self-discovery where I sit on my own under some tree somewhere and, and wait for something mystically to happen to me. No, it's not like that at all. Uh, It is about receiving something that's been passed down or delivered to you. And so Paul uses that language in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. And later in 1 Corinthians 15, he says this, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And like a postman, I guess, who receives a letter and faithfully delivers it to the address, Paul delivered to others what he had received himself, faithfully passing it on. We're all glad for faithful postmen, aren't we? Early on, this, um, this teaching tradition that was spoken was written down. And really, that's what the New Testament is. It is that New Testament, uh, it is the, the tradition that is being passed on. And it was delivered to us by the apostles who originally, who originally received it from the Lord Jesus himself. 
And a Christian is someone who's received this gospel teaching about Jesus from the apostles. But wonderfully, Paul is saying something even more amazing here. They've not merely received teaching about Jesus. What have they received? Look back at the verse. They've received Christ himself. Those who faithfully pass on the traditional Christian teaching about Jesus are not just postmen delivering information. They're actually taxi drivers who deliver Jesus Christ himself into people's lives when they receive the gospel message by faith. Isn't that amazing? Which is exactly why we want to invite our our friends and our neighbors to come uh, to these Christmas carol guest events. We, We want them to meet the living Lord Jesus Christ. But to meet this Christ, they need to be taught. They need to hear about him. This truth must be communicated. And as they receive this this truth of the apostolic gospel, they will meet with the living Christ. Remember in chapter 1, we saw how Epaphras was the one who had taught these people in Colossae the gospel. And so Paul could say of these Christians, you learned it from Epaphras. Teaching the word of God is a kind of a vital part of what we do here at Charlotte Chapel. Because that is how people are going to meet the living Christ. And the summary of what they taught is is here. Just as you received... Christ Jesus as Lord. In the original language it says literally this, just as you received the Christ, Jesus, the Lord. And here's a summary of the Christian teaching. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Lord. The good news is about a real historical person. Jesus of Nazareth about the facts, we need to learn about the facts of his life, where he lived, what he did, what he said. And that's what the four gospel accounts teach us. And after telling us about his life, they all focus an inordinate amount of time, it would seem, upon his death, because it seems that his death is the central thing. It is an act of redemption. It is an act of rescue. It is the place where our sins are forgiven. And then they tell us about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, if we're going to share the gospel, we have to talk about this real historical Jesus. And we need to tell people that that this Jesus, that that Jesus that we're talking about, the Jesus of history, he was the Christ. He's the Messiah. He was the one promised in the Hebrew Scriptures, which is why we have... um, the first part of our Bibles, the Old Testament, as we know it. And so, that would have been part of the teaching of Epaphras. It's, it's part of the gospel accounts, isn't it? As you read through any of the gospels, they keep doing cross-references back to the Old Testament. Because they're saying, look, Jesus has come in fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises. This whole Bible is the Christian message. And it was not merely that this Jesus is the Christ, but this Jesus is the Lord. As we try to summarize the first part of the book, remember there was that big section of Christology all about Jesus Christ. 
that, that this was not merely a human, but this was God come in human flesh. As, as it says there, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Here is the head of the body, the church. Here is the one who is the firstborn uh, from the dead, raised from the dead. Here is the one who has been declared to be Lord of heaven and earth, Lord over all things. And he has ascended to God's right hand, where he's preparing a place for his people, a great inheritance for his holy people. And this future hope stored up for you in heaven was also a key part of this message, as we, we've already considered in Epaphras' message of what they'd received. And so actually, if you want a great summary and confession of the Christian faith, it's this, isn't it? Jesus Christ is Lord. It's all in there. It's all packed into Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the message that they had received. So that's the receiving. What's the continuing? Well, the continuing is the way you start is the way you, you go on. You start the Christian life by believing and trusting that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Lord, and that's how you continue to live out your day-by-day experience of walking through life. Our Christian walk, our conduct, our speech, the person that we are as we head out into the world is now totally shaped by this reality that Jesus is my Savior, He is the King, He is the Lord. My primary allegiance is to him. No longer, actually, should I live my life as if I can do whatever I say or whatever I want. No, I'm no longer to live to please myself. But instead, I'm to live my life to please and to serve Jesus, who is God's forever king, who is the Lord over everything. I'm to live my life in him. Continue to live in him, he says. Jesus is now the one who establishes my values, guides my thinking, and should direct my conduct. And as we're going to read on in this book, we're going to see that uh, this is going to get very specific. There's very specific teaching about how this uh, works out in regard to sex, in regard to speech, in regard to my conduct to others, to other Christians, in our marriages, in our role as parents, in our workplaces. All of this practical area of life, the Christian living flows out of this reality that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just as you started is how you continue. That's the first perspective of the, of the Christian life, Christian living. Now the next two are going to go through more quickly. The second is this, Christian growing. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him. Rooted. Now, two, two summers ago, I think, we, uh, we, we planted a plum tree in the front garden. Dug a big hole. The soil is rubbish, so we put lots of uh, good, um, fresh, well, you know what, you know. Enriched soil. Enriched soil went in, fertilizer. And then we had this uh, tree with lovely roots, little sapling, and we put the roots deep into this lovely, nutritious, dark soil, and we covered it over. And then in, in October, or was it end of September, uh, this year, two years on, we ate over 30 delicious plums from this fine tree. Well, this is the picture language used for the Christian life. At the start of the Christian life, we are planted into the soil that is Jesus Christ. 
And what do the roots do? Well, the roots provide stability. And the roots are the means by which nourishment is drawn from the soil so that the plant can grow and flourish and bear fruit. And when it says that we're rooted, it's saying, look, that's what God has done. He has rooted our lives in the rich soil that is Jesus Christ. And the Christian now draws his stability and nourishment and power and strength from this relationship with Jesus Christ. That's exactly what Paul kept Paul uh, continuing in his ministry back in 1 verse 29. He says, To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. And the point of being planted in Christ is to see growth and fruitfulness. And Paul, Paul changes the imagery then and, and, and the metaphor as he moves from plant life to buildings. Some other friends have recently got their keys to their finished house. Amazingly, they handed over good money and signed contracts and committed uh, a lot of money to buying a, a piece of ground uh, with some architect plans and some builders who promised they were going to build a house there. And they, unbelievably, they, they, they signed the contract. Very trusting, wasn't it? But it's proved to be pretty good and wise because they were relieved to see the foundations got dug up. Uh, the ground got dug up, the foundations got put in, and, and bit by bit they saw a growing and we hope a solid structure being built onto that foundations and they've got the keys and they're now able to walk into the building. That, this is again the expectation of the Christian life, that um, the Christian should be someone who's growing stronger and wiser, their life is being built up like a building Independence upon Jesus Christ. Every year we put on the stairwell a Bible reading plan, uh, the McShane reading plan. We'll try and do it again this year. And if you don't have a Bible reading plan, can I encourage you that actually it's great to come here on Sunday. Everything we do as a church is to help you to put deep roots into Christ and to be strengthened and grow so that Sunday by Sunday you hear the word being preached week in, week out in growth groups and in various ministries of the church. You're being taught the word of God and being encouraged to, to find your stability and nourishment from the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we read from Psalm 1 today, it doesn't just happen, have to happen on a weekly basis. The, the, the vision of the Christian life is a daily one. Where day and night, uh, the wise person of Psalm 1 meditates on the word of God. That, 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 that if, you've, if you've still not got in the habit of doing this, don't beat yourself up. Just, just give it another go. Keep pressing on it. Uh, just, just use whatever means. Find a little book that's going to give you um, a reading plan with some notes. Or just get the McShane plan. Look at the day. Pick a couple of chapters and read them. Read one chapter. Before you head into the day, turn it into prayer. Look to Christ as the fulfillment of all the promises of Scripture. Learn more of God. Be daily nourished by Christ as you meditate on his words day and night. And you will grow. You'll grow. You'll grow into greater Christian maturity, greater Christ-likeness, that nourishment will, 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 will flow out into the conduct of your life and the, develop the character of who you are. And it's over to you. 
Is that where you want to be? Then it's a daily choice to be enriched and nourished by Christ. Now the point of these two images, I think, of the, these word pictures uh, of a tree that's planted in good soil and a building on top of a solid foundation is that when, you, when that is true, you don't need to go anywhere else. You know, if you've, if you've got that, don't, don't bother uprooting anywhere else. Don't bother shifting the building anywhere else. There's nowhere better to be. There's no one better to build our lives upon. So stay rooted in Christ. There's Christian living, there's Christian growing, and the third perspective, Christian understanding. So chapter 1 tells us how Epaphras had taught them the gospel that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you just read this one letter of Colossians, and if Paul is really just reminding them of what, what they've already understood, then actually this evangelism in Colossae was no mere simple outline, was it? Done in two or two or three minutes. There was a lot of active teaching that went on here. Clearly the life of Jesus and his teaching. And then, of, then, then aspects of the Old Testament, how God's promises were fulfilled in Jesus. The, the focus upon the cross of Jesus, showing him to be the saviour through whom our sins can be forgiven. His resurrection, showing him to be the Lord. This amazing Christology about Christ in chapter 1 eschatology, all this future hope stored up for you in heaven. This doctrine of the church, he describes the the church as the body of Christ. And all this practical theology, all of this taught by Epaphras. And so as we think about our evangelism, we need to understand, yes, it, it can be articulated simply and clearly and quite briefly, but actually the job of evangelism does actually take a lot more time of teaching out, filling out these things so people properly grasp who it is that they're trusting and living for. And the way forward in the Christian life was to be established and strengthened in this faith that they had been taught. They'd been taught at the beginning, but they needed to become established in it. A growing Christian will be keen to go on learning more about the Christian faith and to grasp more deeply all they were taught from the very beginning, to be strengthened in it, to have, in a sense, a growing confidence and assurance. Yes, this is true. A growing robustness. that They're standing on their solid ground of Christ. And that's what Paul is urging uh, them to be like back in chapter 1, verse 23, when he says this, If you continue in your faith established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. The wonderful thing about this gospel is that you can teach primary age children the gospel. And then we have lots of kind of advanced doctoral students here burrowing in on the gospel in different ways. And by the end of their studies, they'll, they'll have actually more questions that they want to get answered than their thesis ever answers. Because there's such depth and profundity when it comes to the person of Christ and the revelation of God that we have in Christ. And the mark of this Christian life is one of, of Christian conduct, of Christian daily growth, and a growing understanding of all that we have in Christ. 
Um, can I encourage you as you think about what gifts to, uh, to give people? Why not give them a really good Christian book? When, when, when was the last really good Christian book you read that helped you fill out a little bit more about your knowledge of the gospel? Uh, we all enjoy reading all sorts of stuff, and there's lots of fun stuff to read. But actually, when did you last read something that was a little bit meatier that helped you grasp the Christian life? Anything by J.I. Packer is great. If you want some, if you want some suggestions, I'll give you lots of suggestions. Uh, there's some great books out there that will help you grow in your understanding so that you'll be established, assured, confident in this Christian gospel. And what's the mark that this uh, Christian living and growing and understanding is healthy and true? Well, it's quite simply this. You'll be marked with thanksgiving. That's what it says, overflowing with thanksgiving. Like someone pouring a, a, a wine into a wine glass and looking away, not noticing the glass is completely full and they're still pouring and the thing is splashing out everywhere. Well, the, the Christian who lives like this, their, life, their lips will be constantly spilling over with thanksgiving to God because they'll be so full up with the, the wonders and the riches of who Christ is as they, as they grow in their understanding of him, as they, as they draw nourishment from him, as they live out their Christian life. This, this thanksgiving will spill out into their lives. And kind of, we, we, we notice this, don't we? If there's been weeks and months where we've not been reading God's word, we're not paying much attention to the sermons and, and not thinking about applying it, well, the, the Christian life kind of dries up and it kind of comes still on our mouth. When we've kind of dug into a part of the Bible or, or read some, a chapter that day that's thrilled our hearts, what do we want to do? We, we want to thank God and we find ourselves talking to others about it. We know this is the case. Overflowing with thanksgiving. This is what it means to live the Christian life. This is what the rest of the Christian life looks like. It's love, grow, serve, go. To please the Lord by the conduct of our lives, which are growing in stability and fruitfulness, with a growing understanding that results in lips that overflow with thanksgiving to God. And the key thing I want to hit this morning is this. That the Christian life, as we grow and mature, leads us more deeply into Jesus Christ and not away from him. And my fellow brothers and sisters, I want you to know that this is the truth. What I've taught you this morning is the truth. This is how you will grow in your Christian life. This is how you'll find joy and thankfulness and, and progress. That you'll flourish as a person if you, if you follow what the Apostle Paul says here. And I want to warn you that there are many out there Many other voices that will seek to capture you and pull you off track from this very thing. That's what the next verse will go on to, to warn us about. But just this week, I heard the sad news of another pastor of a large church in America resigning uh, from the pastorate as someone who appears to be just drifting away from the orthodox faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. In his own words, he said this to the church, to the that he's, 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 he's drifting away to the very edges of religion and faith and God. So he does not even know what he means by God anymore. And as I listen to this terrible sermon by this man he gave a few weeks ago, he talks about going into a bigger mystery. Oh, it's empty talk. 
There's no greater mystery than in Christ. To grow in the Christian life is to be deeply rooted and centered upon Christ, not to begin to wander away from Him. And there are rubbish books out there. There are internet sermons you can listen to. There are movements out there that will tell you that actually there's a richer, more wondrous way away from Christ. Do not listen to them. Do not heed them. It is all to be found in Jesus Christ. Please listen to this passage. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You thankful? Let's finish with a great song of thankfulness to this great God and our wonderful Lord and Savior. Let's stand and sing.